1: Oh, my goodness gracious, cut to it. Hey, it only takes five seconds to hit that subscribe button. Hit that subscribe button, please. All righty, all righty, all righty. Hey, it's tough trading right here, but let's start off on a good note. Did we see the C- – did you see the C.J. Stroud and Trevor Lawrence Bowl?
0: Oh, oh, yeah. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. Look at the AFC South. This is the most competitive the AFC South's been in my life.
1: <laughs> that is, that is that's pretty accurate. That is pretty accurate.
0: It's only a 20-year-old division, and Peyton ran it for about 15 of those things. So it, it wasn't a lot of room to be competitive.
1: I, I really like what was going on in the game. I, I, I think there was really two really good games, and the rest of the games were uh, mid.
0: <laughs> that's disrespectful to mid, honestly.
1: Wow. Okay i will just go going mid, um, but let's, let's talk about this uh, Jaguars uh, and Texans game. Um, what'd you, what'd you see? What do you think? What were the sweet spots for you, Colin?
0: The, I'm used to you sitting at the desk. So right yeah. now it looks like you're about to do a dramatic reading. Like you've got the, the spotlight on you. It looks like yeah. they've the rest of the people on stage are frozen you've got your aside your soliloquy you're about to break it <laughs> it's I tremendous wish- what i saw is <laughs> two top 5 picks showing out this game and it wasn't the two quarterbacks it was walker it was black josh allen they were living <laughs> in the backfield did
1: what did you say black black I said, josh-, like josh
0: allen for the other one too <laughs> <laughs> okay
1: Oh, it, it, what I really loved in this game, there was a lot of things that you didn't expect, right? I, I'm still trying to figure out the Jacksonville Jaguars. Are they going to run the football? And yet, CJ Stroud, I thought in this game, probably was the first game thus far we've well, I say the second game thus far, we've seen him make rookie mistakes or, sure. um, some of his inexperience, and when I say inexperience, he still had a quarterback rating, I believe it was like 116, right? But he had six scrambles, and he just, at times, and that has to do with the Jacksonville Jaguars, the rush, the pressure got to him where he couldn't settle his feet and feel comfortable, had clean feet, stepped up in a pocket, Extended plays, but you also said something in our call yesterday that I was was pretty impressed. What, What have you seen out of CJ when you look at, obviously, you're a New England Patriots fan, and you see a quarterback who's a little bit... Uh, what's the word? I, what's the Terrible. nice word? let's you know nice word. let's use a nice word. That's
0: the nicest word that came to mind. Uh, okay <laughs> He gets I, I, he gets he gets nervous back there like
1: yes, c
0: j yes yes c j has this poise in the pocket where his feet may not always be standing tall but he always keeps his eyes downfield, no matter what, no matter where the pressure's coming from, coming from the front, coming from his blind side, he always keeps his eyes downfield. I've never seen him drop his head one time throughout this rookie season. So in
1: this play, you can't see it. However, before Tank goes in motion, left tackle was not set. Nico Collins was not set. Robert Woods was trying to figure out is his stat is his stance going to be inside or outside? But it's not. That's not the point. The point is, first of all, look at this play. You got great blocking up front. They're rushing four, but their offensive line is doing so well you can't even see the fourth uh blitzer. Because they're blocking them up. Right. What a great throw, great concentration by Tankdale. Some path the fans saying this is, we got the wrong guy. I'm going to tell you this, and this is my real answer. If Bryce Young had the line like this, that he could throw the football, I would agree, yes, this is the, you know, Bryce Young was the wrong guy. But I can say for the Texans, great job picking the right guy for you and you have the right players. To help your quarterback get rookie of the year and put his name in a conversation, too, as league MVP. Oh, yeah. Look at this throw, though. And then this great pass by Tank. Right. This is a great throw. Why I like this play is great body control, great connection. Zone coverage. Everybody looks like they're coming. Great job of the quarterback going through his reads. They shift. Now, you got the linebackers. Mm. And Josh Allen, they bounce him back into coverage. But they got a flood, t- <clears throat> they got an overload. In the middle of the field, you you have Tankdale, you got Nico Collins, got the clear out, and then you got as the pocket breaks down, he's moving. And look at the guys move with him. Mm-hmm. And he sees Tank, but he also has the opportunity because this corner's in a flex, or the corner's indecisive. Well, we, if you play tennis, they call that no man's land. He's in no man's land, and he gives. But I think, I believe, when he throws a football, he, he realizes that guy's in no man's land, so he puts it up for Tank to be able to protect himself in his great body control. But the Jacksonville Jaguars, again, getting a ton of pressure, overloads that side. He goes to the right, keeps his eyes down the field, that, like you talk about, Coley, mm-hmm. and in a great body control. Good throw and catch. Again, going through his progressions, keeping his eyes down the field. Look at the touch on the football. We saw that in college, but we also saw that in college (laughs) from Bryce as well. So you got to have the right system, and these guys got the right system.
0: I was going to say, what would you like to see the Texans add to this offense as they continue to grow? It's year one of CJ. They're making a playoff push. I'm not trying to get too far ahead. But what, like Dalton Schultz is a one-year deal. Robert Woods is getting up You better resign Dalton Schultz. I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. But what, we were talking about even a little bit last night, Damian Pierce seems to be taking a step back this year. They brought in Singletary from Buffalo, who's kind of taken over that lead back role. Would it be a, a, a premier pass catching running back? What do you think would really help even take this offense to another level outside of improved offensive line play?
1: Well the offensive line is fourth overall, uh, second in pass, but rushing twenty-fourth. And when you look at what the why this was such attractive team, they already had a strong defense. And then they had an excellent run game. Now they have their quarterback. Trying to find that healthy balance. If you can stay in the fifteens in rushing, still stay. I think if you I think and believe If you move up to 15th in rushing, Mm -hmm. that quietly can probably put you number one in passing because you will have more explosive plays with the type of players that you have if you can run the football as well, which means that Kai's can't drop into coverage. They have to play man-to-man because they need to stop that running game, which is what happened last year a little bit of why Davis Mills at times looked like the quarterback of the future. But when you had to rely on Davis Mills to throw the football, he just didn't have it. But the run game, a run game will mask a lot of deficiencies in the offense. But the crazy part about this offense, the running game is their deficiency. Right? But it's not because they can't or they don't have the pieces. They're they they just have elected to move the ball down the field primarily through passing the football the same way the Jacksonville Jaguars have the Jacksonville Jaguars did a better job of stopping the past game because Jacksonville Jaguars don't have a running game at all either. They really don't do a very good job of running the football at all.
0: Now, what, what, what are you seeing out of ETN? I know there was a play that stuck out to you.
1: So I, I, I saw somebody ETN and I thought, it was his mistake. And then I would go back and watch it, and it was the right move. So originally, I thought on this play, when they had like, I think it was four seconds left or three seconds left, right there on the one, instead of taking the points, they go for the jugular. Uh, they try to uh, double dip, and it backfired. Instead of taking three points, they go for seven. Now, originally, I was like, ETN needs to just put his foot in the ground and go to the pylon because he dances too much sometimes. Then I go back and I look at it. It's the right move. Here's the playback. Here's why it's the right move. It's the right move because 73, I think it's their pulling guard. No, 73 is right here on the line. He has Petrie right here, number five. If ETN goes to the pylon, do you know what happens, what these referees are calling? They're going to call holding. the hole. Yeah. Yes. Watch at the angle. So right there, 73 mauls is It's still holding, but it was in the framework of the of the game, so it's not. So ETN sees that, the leverage. He, ha- he runs up the hole, but you have 25 in the hole. He can't. So he tries to get through, and then 25 squares up. Right there from my angle – you know running back from the couch man just go to the pylon well that's easy to say he couldn't get to the pylon because if he went to the pylon you see the you see the reach by 73 85 blocking um 74 the guard well oh, tackle yep tackles cuz that extra lineman 74 he gets cut off a little bit 85 is stern Strange is blocking his guy, seventy three gets uh, Peter gets penetration, keeping the edge, and he makes everybody dies for ETN. So he makes them go back inside. So it actually wasn't ETN's fault. It's just the penetration of the defense. It makes it it makes it difficult. But Trevor Lawrence did a really good job of throwing the football. I'm surprised the Texans' defense, their passing defense, is 25th, and they've struggled a little bit. You don't you don't notice it as much because we focus so much on the offense, but they've been struggling defensively. When you look at this defense, 19th total overall, but 25th against the pass, they just got to be better because you're going to playoffs. That means you're going to be playing. You know, you're not sure which which receivers are going to show up for Patrick Mahomes, but you also know if they're open, Patrick Mahomes is surely going to give them an opportunity to catch or drop the football.
0: Now, the Jags, we're not used to seeing the Jags in this position this late in the season. They've done it a couple of times here and there, but they're finding ways to win games, but I still don't trust it. The Philadelphia Eagles, on the other hand, kind of doing the same thing, but they have more pedigree that I trust. They were just in the Super Bowl a year ago. I trust the defense a little bit more. But they're kind of just scratching and clawing and winning these games game to game. There's not a consistent way they're going out and winning these games every week. What is the difference? Why do I feel that way?
1: The difference is watching the Philadelphia Eagles go against the Buffalo Bills and just this year in itself. What you're seeing is this is, playoff, this is a playoff team. They always find a way to win the football game. When you're heading, that's when you want to know what a playoff team looks like, the Philadelphia Eagles are that team. Now, the 49ers are going to go to the playoffs as well. But there's also a three, games, a three or four games question mark with injuries and all that stuff with the 49ers. The reason I say that with the Philadelphia Eagles is they stay calm the whole time. There's no, like, anxiety. Now, there's anxiety in the fan base, but you can see it on the field. If they're not getting penetration on the rush, the secondary will come up with a big play. If the secondary is maybe... Getting drove on in the past game, they'll come up with a sack. Fletcher Cox and uh, Fletcher Cox and Company will do something in the trenches that makes a play. Cunningham will do something. There's so many players offensively and defensively when something happens, you can count on those guys making a play.
0: So it's just a belief in the the players, the system as a whole. The Jaguars need to prove it.
1: But it's not even a belief in a – it's just playoff football. Sure. Like when when you're hitting on all cylinders, this – I'll give you a – we'll show you a couple of plays right here. Right, I'm going to show you right here. This is Devontae Smith, the Slim Reaper. (laughs) This is his play right here. Okay, you got everybody's lined up doing their thing. You have the head and shoulder fake, got penetration. Just look at the patience and the throw. Right? Over the linebacker, right in the right spot, just great right pass. Now I always I, I've been noticing this. Jalen always gets in this uh like crouch position, like he'd been a Lamas class or something. <laughs> right? Catches the ball. <laughs> RPO game. Look at the RPO game. Just the RPO game slows down two people that I see. Von Miller, number 40, and number 25. Just a little RPO game. The, the linebacker or nickelback goes over, so he ha- he's covering, but he has to watch because he says, hey, just in case they can run the football. And watch Von Miller just kind of slow up a little bit because he was like, all right. Am I going to have to go chase Swift? Nope. They're passing a football. And so just, just that little RPO game can really change everything. And then you have A.J. Brown got his touchdown. Same look. RPO puts. Look at the people right there on the right side of 63. You got three players lined up. Defensive end is crashing down because he sees ball. Secondary, what are they doing? They're looking at the quarterback. If you look at the quarterback and you're in the secondary, I've said you got to keep your eyes on your luggage. You can't know what's going on when you're doing this. And then look, who are these two guys covering? (laughs) Then they decide, no, you got them. And what do they do? Yeah. Corners over there, look, corners gagging too. He's over there, he's looking at the tight end, looking at the quarterback. Hey, buddy, your responsibility is back there. Too late. And that really has to do with RPO game. Run, pass, action does a, such a good job, right? And when you can do that and you have enough in your arsenal, you, your coach knows exactly which plays to call, and it makes you a difficult team to defend
0: this Eagles team reminds me of the most recent Broncos team to win the Super Bowl. I think that was 2015 Mm. that Broncos team week in week out. I believe they have the best record all time in in one score games. Like they were not blowing anybody out, even though they had just set records pro the most prolific offense the NFL had ever seen up to that point with, with Peyton's last full run with a healthy shoulder and neck. They come back, they're just gutting out wins, very grimy defense-first yep. wins. This Eagles team, they're in the Super Bowl a year ago. There has been no hangover. They lost both their lead assistants. They've just been figuring it out on the fly. Very ugly yep. wins, but wins nevertheless. And once you get into January and February, when those games historically get closer, that kind of no know, know-how, we know how to win these games. We don't care how ugly or pretty it is. We're going to come out on top. All you got to do is keep winning. Just keep beating the guy in front of you. Really, you don't need style points. Those don't count more in the standings. I
1: watched this game of 49ers, I mean, uh, Eagles and, and, and Bills, and I was just watching the game. Would you say that Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills got better or took a step back or kind of stayed neutral?
0: Yeah, I mean, they they tried to make more of a commitment to the run early. mm but late what did they what did they rely on they relied on old faithful they put the ball in josh's hands so it's did they actually learn did they actually it seemed like more of the same to me
1: i think the window's closing for the buffalo bills and i and i like the buffalo bills and i love the i i, I love the people there and the coaches i think they have a you look at, you look at this team and you have a lot of high hopes i'm just worried have have we put so much emphasis on the quarterback play that was now starting to put this unrealistic expectation on Josh that it all relies on Josh and not the Buffalo Bills
0: yeah i mean it seems like they've built the team on white josh's shoulders like if if he's not going to do it himself no one else is they're not even giving anyone else the chance to do it with him. It's all it's all on him or nothing. The defense has been not as dominant as I think people expected it to be. And there's been injuries, of course, but this is a team that spent a lot of high capital on some secondary pieces that haven't come to fruition. Yep. And when you get misses like that, when you start going through coordinators, their defensive coordinator just stepped away after last year. They fired their offensive coordinator two weeks ago these kind of changes, it's hard to have continuity. I would, I would assume. Yeah. I just, I'm not sure
1: if Josh right really is. I don't want to say if, if he's not the guy, I think he is the guy. Sure. I think you got to bring in offensive coordinator that is really going to hold his feet to the fire. And, and Josh keeps you in game, but he also can take you out of the game. Sure. Right. And when he takes you out of a game, it's that risky football or sometimes just a simple play. I got a simple play for you. This is the pick against right there in zone coverage. Again, the Eagles are going to give you a ton of pressure with four. So it's is is man is is man zone coverage like it's more of a two man. You get the pressure. You have digs going into the going out just doesn't see Bradbury. Bradbury sees that and picks the ball off. Just those little small things, right? But then Josh does that where he makes the bat. He makes the wrong read, but then he has this long rush where this is the part that people talk about how good Josh is, where he scores. But here's the problem: he's rushing, he's having to do this long rushes not necessarily penetration, but it's the play style and the lack of my opinion, the lack of creativity in this offense where there's not levels, it's just deep explosive plays. like when I, I look at this offense and it's like explosive plays, explosive plays. And a part of why they have to have explosive plays is because they don't know how to just draw it out long. They don't know how to, like, just make somebody bleed out. They, they got to go sure. for the jugular immediately. And I think, that's, I think that has become their DNA, that when they don't have it, they suffer.
0: Yeah, they don't know how to be up 10 with 10 minutes in the fourth quarter and have a, a drive that takes six, seven minutes off the clock.
1: They don't. They're still trying to score, which then throws picks and then lets the team back in the game. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. They don't they don't they're not marching down the field with seven yard chunk plays. It's either like I'm trying to think of how they use Gabe Davis. It's either home run or strikeout. There's no there's no other way to use
1: them. Or not use, not targeted. And it got it has to be frustrating for him. I, I at least it would be for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now uh, Adam Schefter reported there will be about seven to ten head coaching vacancies Ooh. this this off season. If Buffalo outright misses the playoffs, is that going to be one of them? I don't know. So
1: he says seven to ten. So I wrote down my list. I got fifteen possibilities.
0: <laughs> Not seven plus ten. <laughs> seven to ten.
1: <laughs> but I saw. So I also have. So I have four that are maybes, though.
0: Sure, sure.
1: Right. So so here is my list of teams right on the possibilities and, and and I'm just well the Vegas Raiders already you know they've they've had right. it so that counts bang I'm right Carolina Panthers okay I got the commanders of the bears
0: uh, you'd hope oh. <laughs> for bears fans not for people losing their jobs but for okay. bears fans okay. you'd hope chargers I don't know if there are chargers fans
1: but you'd hope <laughs> All right. I also I have the Bills as a, pos, a maybe a possibility, yeah. and I got the Jets as a possibility.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right. I can I can see. It. I think Mike McDaniel is probably the safest in the AFC East right now. As crazy yes. as that is to say, Cleveland. Cleveland's tough. Their defense is playing so well. Obviously, you've got the the excuse with the Deshaun injury, and and even when he was healthy, it didn't always look perfect. Nick Chubb went down early, so it's. I don't know if there's going to be the same pressure as some of these other situations, but it's definitely not impossible to see that coming. Is, is simmering? I think it's simmering. Yeah. Okay, simmering. Steelers is a maybe. I just don't see it. Like I, I don't. I understand. I don't there see won't... it
1: either. But I've just got my list. I, no, I'm just saying, sure. there's possibilities of like. I've seen wilder things. I mean, I've seen. It, I've heard and seen a coach get fired on Christmas bro
0: (laughs) it happens definitely yeah no it's a cold cutthroat business for sure (laughs) the Steelers just have such a high floor and I think that's the hardest type of guy to fire is like they'll never bottom out with Tomlin but there's also this ceiling because of the players so it's like is he going to be the fault of the organization who built their team backwards taking a running back before building their offensive line like that's where it's like I don't I wouldn't fire them, but it wouldn't shock me either.
1: Okay, so we'll go to these teams. The Saints, it may yeah. be a whole new coaching staff in the NFC South.
0: Yeah, yeah, all four I got the Saints,
1: Falcons, and Tampa Bay.
0: <laughs> yeah, someone's, like you said last night when we were talking, someone's going to win that division, probably lose their first playoff game and be promptly fired.
1: Yes, like you're going to win the division, go to playoffs, lose in the playoffs, and get fired. Maybe Tennessee.
0: Oh yeah, that's definitely on the table. And and especially if Ryan Day gets canned at Ohio State, that's always been the the talk will Vrabel want to go back to his alma mater and coach at Ohio State if that job becomes available. Certainly on the table.
1: New England and and is New England a place where it could be a vacancy?
0: There's a lot of people who've been like openly calling for Belichick's job when he did his radio hit. The other day, they asked him if he already had his next job picked out, and he was like, what a preposterous question to ask me. Um, Did he I'm, actually use the, the word of, preposterous? I, I used the word. I think he called oh. it ridiculous. I think it's okay. preposterous. Uh, I think I, he,
1: I, preposterous. I think If he used preposterous, that would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he, <laughs> well,
0: he called how, it a ridiculous question. That was
1: a preposterous <laughs> question to ever asked me. How dare you?
0: Whatever. <laughs> i like, I'm a very grateful fan for the. I understand how ridiculous of a run the Patriots had. If Bill yeah. wants to coach the next 20 years and wear this bad for the next 20 years, I'm fine with it. I understand Robert Kraft's yeah. probably not fine with that, yeah. but I, I don't understand these Patriots fans like foaming at the mouth being like, get this guy out of here. The game's passed him by. No, it hasn't. We've given up ten points three straight weeks. Like no one, or excuse me, forty points over the last three weeks. They're zero and three. I genuinely think he threw that Giants game intentionally. Now that's an allegedly, but if we'd run the ball the whole game, we win that game thirty-eight to ten. Like that would have been a blowout if we just ran the ball. And he knows that. Ramondre had fifteen touches. He averaged four yards a pop. Like they weren't stopping him at all. I don't. I don't think. I think he knows. What a top draft pick will do for this franchise more than a, a four and thirteen season in the sixth pick. Yeah, hmm. and the so defense he said, looked really he good me. even with injuries. That's and he's a defensive coach, so it's like, yeah, the offense stinks. We drafted a bad quarterback. It's happened to every franchise in the league. Patriots oh, no. fans acting like this has only ever happened to us. Post <laughs> Brady is insane to me. Like, yeah, the quarterback stinks. We'll get another one. We'll try again. That's the league. <laughs> That's the whole sport. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it didn't work out.
1: And then the didn't Cowboys. Next. How, how about the Cowboys?
0: Yeah, I think if they go one and done, they already fired the offensive coordinator in the offseason. Mike McCarthy took back the play calling. Since they got blown out to the 49ers, they've looked good. Defenses look good all year, even with Diggs out. But I think if they go one and done, Jerry Jerry will make that switch.
1: Looking on here, the Washington Commanders. Do they just let Ron Rivera finish the season, or do they let uh, Eric uh, give a get an opportunity, or is he already interviewing for the job or interviewing for other jobs?
0: I mean, the second he got hired, it sounded like he was interviewing on the job for the head coaching job in Washington, and that really—that's the only way it really makes sense to leave Kansas City for Washington—is if you thought you were next in line. Otherwise. Just keep the good times rolling with my homes. I, that's at least how I see it. Um, but I would rather go into next. I would rather not be the interim at the end of this year. I feel like those guys never get hired full term. I'd rather Riverboat Ron get the rest of the year and then just give it to me in in January.
1: Uh, one of the things we talked about last night that I, I brought up and I I was going to mention a, the individual's name, but I'm not going to mention the individual's <laughs> name. But <laughs> I changed my mind. But one of the things that I remember that I, I think doesn't always and that goes in the light of here what's going on in Carolina is understanding that sometimes the player and the disconnect with the coach can have such a huge impact on you. If you have a position coach and I'm not saying this is a, here this is the case in Carolina just using it as an as a example. I get to fly around doing training camps and watch things. And I was, I was at a team that had a coach on one team that I've seen on another team. And I've come to the conclusion of, like, I was trying to figure out, like, why is this area or th- this position group struggling? And it made me think of it this individual I was like he's not a very good coach but just saying somebody's not a good coach what's the why and here's what I mean by when he's not a good coach there are coaches today who know football inside and out they may not have played collegiately never played in the league but they still know how to coach the difference between good coaches and average coaches A good coach will teach detail, will emphasize what you're doing, why you're doing it, and explain to you the concept of doing it. And then an average coach, he just coaches the playbook. He just coaches what your assignment is. Hey, you need to be plus two. He tells you where to line up. He tells you why it was basically because I said so versus explaining spacing and understanding what the quarterback is looking at, and you'll be surprised. There are not a lot of coaches overall who can tell you sometimes why outside of the system and explain to you how to master your craft. An example is the Chicago Bears have a wide receivers coach named Tyke Tober. Tyke was a quarterback's coach was a wide receivers coach here in Carolina with me. And I was at, I don't remember what year it was, but it I was old enough and had enough years in the league that I could have easily said, man, this dude can't teach me anything. And it was totally the opposite. Man, Tyke Tobert was probably one of the best wide receivers coaches. I've ever had in my career hands down Fred Graves was my wide receivers coach in college he coached me in Carolina loved him so I'm biased he, he, he taught me a lot about football he's my foundation so when I say one of the best I'm talking about in the NFL Fred is he's like my dad so he's right there Fred Fred Graves Ricky Pro teammate wide receivers coach so My love for him and understanding. Easy. We talked without talking. Sure. We argued and it was a respectful argue. One time we argued on the field. He said something to me and I didn't like what he said. Then he didn't like what I said back. And I said, (laughs) you know what? I respect you so much. I do not want to tell you how I really feel. So I'm going to walk away. He was like, fine, walk away then. And So I walked (laughs) away. Right. But we had such a. Respect for each other and making sure that we never said anything out of pocket to each other that would um, erode at our friendship and relationship and respect. Right. Then there was um, Bobby Ingram. He's a wide receivers coach in Washington. He was in Baltimore with me. Love Bobby because Bobby challenged me. He was at the end of my I was at the end of my career. It was in the last three years of my career. So he told me, he gave, hey, this is what you need to do. Yes, you can do this. But if you did this, you would be better. So he yeah. always made me, and we watched film. Always made me do something. So what Tyke did to that was really cool. I was I was never what they call a step runner. So there's they they call them steps where it's like oh you run a quick out. I don't know how many he says, three steps, quick out of two and a half steps, three steps. Or revolution, one more revolution. I couldn't do steps. I was a yards guy, so I used to look at my spot to know where I'd go. It was challenging because our offense at the time was built on timing. And so my timing was a little bit off. Tyke came into the meeting room one day. He was like, I knew you were going to be in here watching film. So I'm sitting there watching films, probably have my cup of coffee. And Tyke says, hey, we're going to have to work on this uh, step thing. Can you do steps? And so for that whole day in practice, I worked on running routes with steps. But you can actually, the DB confirmed, I can hear myself counting. I was out running my routes. So the next morning, comes back in, Tyke does, and says, hey, I got a happy meeting. Let's work on the steps, but do your depth. And then at the end of the week, we will decide which way to go. Bro, before we even got to the end of the week, right after practice, he said, go back to your way. You're more fluid and better. But help me out by you don't even realize you're still doing the steps. But you've done this so long that you naturally do it. So do me a favor. We're going to count the steps, but that also gives me leeway to say, hey, I'm coaching Steve up the same way I'm coaching up these young rookies. Very rarely do you have coaches that will work with you because a lot of coaches just coach the play, coach the technique, but not coach the player. The good ones coach the player. There's a ton of great coaches out there that coach the player. But there are some coaches out there also just teaching a technique or the system, and that's where you get stagnant. That's where growth doesn't happen. And I believe that's where teams sometimes get caught drafting a player, and then you get that player in there, all of a sudden it's not working out well. Or they start saying that that player's a bust. When you drafted this player and his job was this, You get him in here, and then you're fitting him in your system, and he doesn't fit your system because he's playing out of position. And I think that's the case with some of these young guys that these these teams are drafting where they're playmakers in college, and then you say, okay, we'll get you. You're going to play. You're a Z in college where you're on the ball, movement, and you get them in the league, and then they're X, stationary stand. They have no movement, can't get off the jam, and then now you set them up for failure.
0: Right. Is that all ego or stubbornness, or are they just scared, like, oh, if I have to adjust to this player, then I'm not doing my job right. They're just going to replace me.
1: Some of it is maybe ego. Some of it is ignorance. Sure. I just know there are some coaches who come from systems where they teach a system, not teach – how to play football. Right. Right. Hey, get open. Here's here's how we do it. It's layers. You know, they they have words now where one word means like it used to be one word is two minutes. Now sometimes one word or pitchers mean everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And the problem with that is if the defense does something that throws you off, now you're exposed. And so when I look at some of these teams that are on the hot seat or simmering, One of the things that's very clear, you got Washington, you got the Bears, Chargers, okay? Just those teams. Head coach is known for defense. Head coach, known for defense. Head coach, known for defense. You're majoring, you have a degree certified in defense, and what's struggling? Defense. What do you think about Tampa Bay? I'm, I'm going to stay out of it. You know, cause I don't mention that name.
0: I think Mike Evans is as underrated a player the game's had the last decade, 20 years. Uh, Agreed. Because Agreed. it doesn't matter if he plays with Tom Brady or me, he's going to get his 1,000 yards, his double-digit touchdowns. People were so down on him coming into the year because of the, the change of quarterback, and he's – I mean, if they're not going to cover him, they his touchdown this week, and he was – wide open everyone could have got him there but that to me that's been the most impressive thing out of Tampa this year is just Mike Evans consistency no matter who is throwing him the ball the rest of it I was shocked at their offseason because it seemed like they they re-signed a lot of guys to try and win this division which still technically isn't out of the question but I felt like it was a perfect year perfect excuse tear it all down start from the beginning. They opted to go the other way, and and they're just middle of the pack, mediocre.
1: So does uh, Todd Bowles get get the can, and then the new guy gets to start all over?
0: Probably, yeah, yeah, probably. Sheesh. That's, that's historically tough. how the NFL treats black coaches. I don't, I'm not saying that because it's enjoyable. I'm saying that because that's the okay. truth. <laughs>
1: You said Especially up. Bowles.
0: Bowles has not gotten the – I have no idea if he's a good, bad, and different coach. <laughs> he's gotten terrible <laughs> opportunities everywhere he's gone.
1: Yeah, it, it, it has been the case. The Buffalo Bills, where do you think this team is? I, I, I think they – it's tough. To, with Aaron Rodgers going down for the Jets and how bad the New England Patriots are, it's a two-man race. It's on paper, it's a two-man race. It's a yeah. one-man race with the Dolphins. Yeah. And so the Buffalo Bills have to do something because the window is closing to where you're gonna have you're gonna keep your franchise quarterback. Sure. But you're gonna have to reset the defense and the offensive weapon.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm almost more worried about the offensive weapons because this whole season's been very weird around Stephon Diggs. He didn't show up that 48 hours in training camp. It sounded like maybe he was going to ask for a trade. And honestly, it started last year in the playoffs when Diggs was chewing him out on the, the sideline when the game that they lost. Comes into training camp, doesn't want to be there. He hasn't looked the happiest in-game on the field, not even on the sideline with his helmet off, in-game on the field when the ball's not coming his way. And I get it. He's a wide receiver. He believes he's open on every play. He probably is. But if he actually puts in that request this offseason, like, I'm out of here, that's when Josh Allen made the leap into this elite conversation is when they acquired Stephon Diggs. If they get rid of Diggs, I'm not saying Josh Allen's going to be bad, but that offense is going to look, like, Much worse, unless they go out and they get Nyuk and a couple other guys on top of that. They're going to have to really rebuild the whole thing as opposed to just trying to find that wide receiver, too. With all that being said, I do think since he came back from concussion, Dalton Kincaid has really shown why he got drafted in the first round. He's been very good for them.
1: Yeah, if Stefan Diggs leaves, Gabe Davis walks, it is going to definitely look different and if you bring in Brandon Ayuk, the type of offense that Brandon Ayuk is in plays well to history. Sure. Can Josh Allen play in a timing-only offense? Like the San Francisco 49ers, the way Brock Purdy, the way Mike McDaniels with um, the Tua. Dolphins,
0: yeah.
1: with, you know, with Tua – that just made me think about it. I don't know if Josh has the patience to sit in a pocket and go through his progressions and eliminate one side of the field like that when one, running around is how he makes this offense go. It's how this offense is relied upon is saying that it's a good offense is when he's scrambling and and, and doing all of the stuff to extend play.
0: Well, you were talking about how you couldn't count your steps while you were running. You just kind of had to feel out the route. Quarterbacks got to be pretty similar. If you, the two, especially he hits that third step, the ball's out of his hands. You know what I mean? He's trusting the system. It may have to be not even middle ground, but like 60, 40, Hey, X amount of plays a game we're going to run. You have to do it this way. The other half of the plays or whatever, we're going to let you freestyle how you're comfortable, but. You're going to have to find a happy medium there if you're going to change the personnel and the coaching.
1: Yeah, it's definitely going to be something for them to, for us to watch i If you lose Stefan Diggs and you're going in a different direction with uh offensive coordinator, what type of offense and then that type of offense can your quarterback play in that system? Because right. not every quarterback can play in that system. Not necessarily saying they're not smart enough; it's just not what they've been taught, or it's it's not just, their strength. it takes a while. Yeah, it takes a while for them to catch up, or or for them to really adapt to.
0: Yeah, I mean, dude, look at the pick he threw to Bradbury. That was close to a three-step drop timing. Like it seemed like that that entire throw was in his brain pre-snap. Like the second I hit my yes. back foot, I'm going out there. And I've, I've, it's a, the smallest of sample sizes. It's just one play, but the Eagles were sitting on it. Would he be able to adapt to that? I'm not sure. Let's cut to week 13.
1: I got the. I'm. I'm excited to see the Packers versus the Chiefs. Young Packers team, find their groove. Love is, you know, Jordan Love is still. He's still on the up and up. With this young Packers team and a young receiving group, out of the Kansas City Chiefs. I believe this football game will be a lot closer than people will assume it should be.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Love's first start before this season was against these Chiefs, so it's not the first time he's seen him. It's not the first time he's lined up against Mahomes, so I don't know that he's going to be thinking too much about it. He's not going to be like, oh, this is the moment I can show out in national TV. He just kind of did that Sorry, Brian, against the Lions on Thanksgiving. That was A national TV game, a game the Lions yeah. needed to win for themselves just to be like, yeah, we're over this. They did not. Nope. Jordan Love looked excellent. Here to disappoint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like a Thanksgiving tradition. Um, <laughs> but I saw a graphic earlier today. In their first seasons as starter through 11 weeks, Jordan Love has the exact same yards, touchdown ratio, and touchdown interception ratio, and record as Aaron Rodgers when he first took over that job.
1: Wow! So we
0: all remember Aaron Rodgers, his Green Bay career, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. No one's here to argue that. You don't remember that first season, that five to Rodgers transition. It's not always the smoothest transition. People were jumping on the Packers early this year for not being world beaters. They have the youngest roster in the league. Like, it, it takes some time. It's not an easy sport to just come up and immediately start dominating. I think the Packers are on a great trajectory.
1: All right, I like it.
0: What do you have? Uh, so I'm going to stick to Thursday. We've got the Seahawks and the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We talked about we don't know what this Jags team really is. We talked about this Eagles team just finding ways to win. The Seahawks find ways to stay in every game. I can't say they find ways to win them. They just find ways They're to hang around. Ready.
1: Yeah, they're not finishers.
0: No, no, very, very strange. Geno's obviously banged up. He's playing through injury, but there's just something off about this team this year. And I, I would. This is a this big year. test for them. Oh, I mean historically, but this.
1: Oh, <laughs> I was about to say the last since, couple of years since they threw
0: the ball on the goal line, something's been <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah.
1: I I don't know which I don't know which Seattle Seahawks team this year. Right. Right. Are they. Gino comes back. That's great story. Playing out of his mind. Then all of a sudden, they want to become a pass happy team. Can't run the football because Walker, you know, he, he's not banged healthy. Up. He's banged up. But part of him being banged up, I think, is over you, you know, they've overused him. Right. They got some guys in the back half. Woolen's not at 100%. Right. Secondary hasn't been good. They got some guys on the front seven to to get a pass rush. Those guys are going down. Like this team, what we thought they were going to be is Vive is, is fighting against the San Francisco 49ers for the NFC West. And that's not the case at all.
0: Right. Right. This is the and why I have this game is because the other game we both have is Forty ers Eagles. So if you yes. think the Eagles can win this game, if you're a Seahawks fan, this is a must win if you want to win that division. Close that gap. Get back on top. That's where it becomes a, a larger game. And for the Cowboys, this is a a, a playoff type game for them. Mm-hmm. And it's not even a short week for them because they played Thursday night. So this is where Just handle your business if you're the Cowboys or make a statement if you're the Seahawks.
1: Is this game for the Cowboys? I don't think they're going to lose the game at all. But I think we're going to hear a lot from the media if they don't convincingly win the football game. They beat Carolina, I think it was like 34, you know, 34-whatever, 17, 34-12. But for the most part, for three quarters, Carolina kind of hung with them will we hear a rumbling if it's a 21 17 21 15 game
0: probably cuz it's it's coming up on you know december january that's typically when the cowboys start to fall apart so yeah anything other than i'm i'm not even trying to be mean that's just historically accurate uh, this this millennium um so if the yeah if the cowboys show any sign of weakness or if there's a an injury which i'm not wishing for but if that happens if uh if bland the corner who just set the record for most pick sixes in a season if if he gets torched going up against this receiver core people will start to have questions like oh the secondary isn't actually fixed we do miss digs more than we thought so yeah i think even in a a close win people will find a way to pick apart the cowboys
1: yeah, I think it's going to be I, – I I do believe this will be an interesting game, especially if it's closer than it should be. The Cowboys should walk away with the win. I don't want to say easily, but it should be apparent in the game that the Seattle Seahawks are overwhelmed by how much the Dallas Cowboys are a much better team than the Seattle Seahawks. I think that, that part should – we should know by halftime. We know who is the more is the far superior team and it should be the Dallas Cowboys by halftime.
0: I think this is a game Micah Parsons could go out and win depoy with if he goes out and has a monster game. Like this is I don't think any award right now, I don't think anyone outside of like offensive rookie of the year, I don't know that anyone's run away with any awards yet, Correct. which is strange Correct. for this part of the season. Um, but I think Parsons, especially since it's an island game, a term that they invented this year, an island game where it's on by itself, it's the only thing people can watch. If he goes out and dominates as he normally does, but if he—if he's the reason they win this game in convincing fashion, if he's the reason it's a blowout, I think this could shift it to, to his favor.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Now the 49ers and Eagles, I think this is going to be an excellent game. I do not think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Ooh. I I think this is going to be really a, a low-scoring game where you have – I think – I think I don't want chess. I want checkers. Okay. Like, I want a whole I want a whole bunch of king me, double jumps. <laughs> I, I want risk it, no biscuit. I want to – you're going for – you know, you, you're trying to hit a go route, passes deflected, you got to punt. I think you can see – three quarters of pedestrian like football, and then have an offensive explosion in the middle of the third, hitting into the fourth quarter.
0: Is this a game where both these teams respect each other to the point where they think they could see each other in a month and a half. So you're not showing all your cards.
1: Yeah, I think so. And, and, I want to say I think so, but I also believe that because the adjustment, Brian Johnson, offensive coordinator, is still getting his sea legs of being offensive coordinator. I think he's getting a lot better at it. Um, I think Jalen Hurts is getting a lot better at understanding the flow Mm -hmm. of how Brian Johnson likes to call plays, and he's getting other people involved. Had a little lull pair with A.J. Brown. And then what do they do? You have an emergence of a sleeping, a sleeping slim reaper of Devontae Smith, mm-hmm. who has been really quiet for the last couple of weeks. And all of a sudden, now he's starting to kind of show, hey, hey, guys, number six is over here. You need to pay attention to him.
0: Yeah, and the 49ers, how much are they still thinking about the NFC Championship game heading into this? A game they were very vocal about thinking they would have won had the quarterback not got down on I think what the third play.
1: It would have been a better game. How sure. About that? Yeah,
0: no no <laughs> doubt. i
1: Like, I'm not going to say I think they would have won. I would just, I would say go, I'll go out, I'll stretch and go out on <laughs> limb. It probably would have been a lot more exciting game yeah. than watching San Francisco 49ers. Attempt to fool themselves into believing that their quarterback who cannot throw, could not throw, will throw.
0: Right. It was tough. I've got one more game, uh, and it's for purely selfish reasons. It was a masterclass to lose to the Giants last week. It was very hard to lose this game. The Patriots don't have a lot of winnable games left on the schedule. Playing the Chargers is always a winnable game. You could always beat the Chargers. And part of the reason Belichick knew how to lose to the Giants is because he knows how the Giants were going to play. The Chargers don't know how the Chargers are going to play. It is impossible to plan for that. Trying to lose a game is the same as trying to win a game as far as I'm concerned. It's not always that easy, and there's no more difficult challenge than the Los Angeles Chargers. This is going to be a Belichick masterclass if he pulls out a loss here. And I'm looking forward to it. I need this loss. I need that number one pick. We're heading for it. This is one of the two winnable games we have left on the schedule. It cannot happen. I can't have a win. My heart can't take that.
1: The Los Angeles Chargers, when I look at Justin Herbert and, and just watching him play, Justin Herbert is really just, currently right now, just playing for statistics. Right? He's just throwing the football all over the lot. There's a name that I thought of, but I'm not gonna say it because it's gonna come out bad. <laughs> but when I watch, when I think of Justin Herbert, the first thing that comes to my mind is Justin Herbert talent being weight wa- is he being wasted with Brandon Staley as the head coach. But then I have to say no, I don't think he's being wasted. But it is one of those where he's, he's putting up a lot of numbers. Yeah. But you know ultimately they're not gonna be playing in the playoffs.
0: Right. He's 30 and 30 through 60 career games, Justin Herbert, and the talent seems obvious. Uh, I think people tried to put him into a conversation he didn't belong yet, that that top of the league conversation when he's, he's never even going to be the best quarterback in his own division to no fault of his own. It's tough. I do think I would like to see him with a different coaching staff, and then I can we can have a more accurate assessment on Herbert. There's clearly something there, but to what level is is the question now.
1: Like I don't think Justin Herbert can't play. He he can
0: definitely sure,
1: play. Sure. But the question is, is he just gonna always just have good numbers? Right. Or will he be ever get it get enough good coaching to help him get into the playoffs? Right, like they are in shotgun formation. They're throwing the football. I mean, the man's finger is <laughs> huge, protecting it. He's out there just chucking it. The way he can throw the football, all of that stuff. It just, I just, go man, statistic king, right? Yeah. He's just gonna have really good statistics right now, but not gonna have the playoff wins to kind of back him up to say, man, he he he's he's a he can become a very elite pass, uh passer.
0: Right. Right. He's got the weapons lines solid. I'm not saying it's the best in the league, but it's solid yeah. defense. Like there's, there's talent everywhere on the chart. And this isn't even a Staley and Herbert thing. My entire life, the chargers have had talent everywhere. There was that year. Of course, they were first and offense first and defense missed the playoffs entirely. Like only the chargers could do that. Like no one else could figure that out. I was gonna say,
1: like, uh, like he gets kind of sometimes poo-pooed on, like Kirk Cousins. Okay, I don't
0: think that's a bad right? comparison.
1: Yeah, but some people don't like Kirk Cousins. I, I Definitely. love Kirk Cousins. I, I like Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is a, is a really good quarterback. Sure. And Kirk Cousins gets blamed for a lot of things. I see Justin Herbert is like, oh, Justin Herbert isn't elite. He's not this. It's Justin Herbert putting that ball in places <laughs> other guys can't. Another guy's like a Trent Green. Okay. Right? Where he can throw the football, but just hasn't been on a team that really can help support and take him over the top.
0: And I don't think they will either. I think that, <laughs> I don't think yeah. it's done for Trent I mean, Green. your
1: disdain for the Los Angeles Chargers is, is, is pretty.
0: You got it. No, I was talking about Chen Green. Uh, I think is more. You were talking about him in like the present progressive, like oh. another coach was going to give him a shot, and that's. Yeah. Wow. But you also have to remember those mid two thousands. The Chargers used to talk a whole gang of mess about the Patriots, and then every year they'd come to New England, and then they'd cut fourth quarter. They'd cut to LT sitting on the sideline with his helmet <laughs> on, shouting. So yeah, I, I've I've got pent up aggression towards the Chargers, okay. but I also haven't said anything incorrect.
1: Got gotcha. you. Okay.
0: I got you. I like that. All right. Of course. I'll, I'll never forget those battles with several teams. That's why I respect the Ravens more than a lot of other teams. They just showed up and played. Well, man, this, I, I appreciate you. It's been a great show, man. Big fan. Appreciate you. Looking forward to hopefully a better weekend of football uh, than last weekend. Yep. And either way, we'll be back next week. I'm Coley Mick. I'm Steve Smith Sr., just cut to it.
1: Also, too, shout out to Minnesota for getting me this nice, awesome. It is strong. Of, it is strong. You see, very strong. It even has the oh yeah. the Smith on it. You oh, see yeah. that, baby?
0: With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved,
1: we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom?